0: Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of the Caterpillar Podcast with our reoccurring guest, Yusrel. You want to thing. introduce yourself? Yeah, I am Yusrel.
1: I am one of the mutineers. I still occasionally do play and stream World of Warships, but of late, I've mostly been getting smeared across the floor in Elden Ring. But uh, it's it's amazing how getting smashed repeatedly kind of turns into fun after a
2: while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that the basis of of playing World of Warships as well? Yeah. When you think about it, it.
1: Yes, but in World of Warships, at least you know it's an even chance. I mean, Elden Ring, it's a Soulsborne. You know perfectly well the odds are stacked against <laughs> you from the moment you say go. And, oh, hey, yeah, welcome to this big new world. Oh, hey, there's a nice in shining. Oh, wait, you you died. I mean, I don't know if either of you have played it. I have. Um, no, I know
2: plenty of content creators that that are... Deep, yeah. In, uh...
1: Suffice to say that the first thing you meet is basically meant to kill you in two seconds flat. <laughs> the second person you meet disses you to your face, and that's called mimetic. And the third enemy you meet is this 20-foot-tall knight on armour who colossally outlevels you and hey, yeah, you died. Uh, it's, a, it's a soul spawn. It doesn't put <laughs> Anyhow, um, also I do not have a cat, so uh, I believe some of you know Yeet. (laughs) It
0: it it will suffice. We'll allow it. Yes. One day we just have to send you cat ears or so as a gift. (laughs) Yes,
1: they will end up on the shark, and you know it.
0: (laughs) So you know,
1: catfish are a kind of shark. So uh, true. I'll. I'll, uh, I, I think we have to allow it. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's one thing we really need to start with, isn't there?
0: Oh, yeah, there, there guess... has been the big news that basically World of Warships, well, Wargaming, is going to leave Russia and Belarus with all of its uh, facilities. You know, this was, I think, Monday, and
2: we don't really have anything additional since then, No, it must and... be said.
1: I I glanced in on the World of Warships live stream, the company one, last night, and they were saying, yeah, we have nothing beyond that statement at the moment either. When we do, hopefully we can share it. So let the rampant speculation begin. Well, the leading theory at the moment,
2: which I think has been semi-worn out by Wargaming themselves, is that... Leicester, which presumably it will go back to being called Leicester rather than WG St. Petersburg, uh, will basically uh, operate the servers in the the Russian sphere in the same way that there's a separate company that operates Wargaming servers in China. But the big open question still is, well, who is developing World of Warships at at that point? Because Wargaming, Wargaming obviously owns all of the IP but they still need someone to actually develop the game. So do they outsource that to Leicester and nothing effectively changes? Or uh, do we see them poaching a bunch of staff from Leicester to, to come and work in other countries, other studios that Wargaming has set up? Because we were actually just before we started talking about um, they've got studios in uh, Vilnius, and um, potentially they're going to open one in, in Poland in, in Warsaw very shortly. Um, yeah. Was, think... So you, it's all up in the air at the moment, but yeah, that, that is the big question.
1: There are, you know, there are there not... are there are two big clues to my mind as to what their plans are. The first one is that they shuttered the Minsk studio. Now that was World of Tanks. Yes. Rather than World Warships. But they didn't transfer that to Lesser. They closed it completely. Um, As I understand it, the staff were basically pulled in Monday morning and said, right, look, we are leaving Belarus. You guys are all basically out of jobs if you... Well, I don't know how many of them were given the option to move to wherever Wargaming is planning to relocate. So, I mean, that is their single biggest office, as I understand it. Uh, The last numbers I heard was something like 2,000 people out of 5,500, 6,000 across the entire company. World of Taxes is still their biggest, most profitable product, and they've just shuttered the dev studio for it rather than leave it in Belarus. So the other thing, of course, is that the sanctions are making it very hard to move currency across that border now. So if they leave the dev for World of Warships in St. Petersburg, that would imply that Wargaming Cyprus, the HQ, is paying a licensing fee to Leicester to do the dev work. And that means currency moving from Cyprus into Russia, which is a huge no under the sanctions, as I understand them. So I think they have yanked the dev responsibilities away from... St. Petersburg and they're spinning up new studios for tanks and boats and I think they've done what they've done with the Chinese Leicester have been said right keep the lights on keep the player base going hopefully this blows over fairly quickly and we can re-merge the firms hopefully but at some point I think yeah the Russians are going to get hit with a version freeze same as the Chinese were when that happens, how far ahead they've got the content, whether or not they can actually move content into Russia, because that would imply Leicester paying a licensing fee to wargaming, and that might result in the Russians getting pissed. Um, Maybe they'll just get it for free, I don't know. But my money is that the dev has been shunted out of St. Petersburg, which raises its own string of questions.
3: I mean, yeah I, I,
1: certainly the,
2: one of the, the things I've seen brought up a lot is well what does this mean for the uh you know the update cycle and in terms of you know delays and such like so it might not potentially it depends how much work is as, as you're saying how much work has, has been done of what's already in the pipeline because we're we're going to go on to talk about stuff that they've announced since, so you know there's clearly still have a bunch of stuff coming down the pipeline but um yeah, like what what it might mean for the subsequent patches in terms of.
3: Yeah, I mean,
1: I I assume they've got eleven three ready to go, and they've got most of eleven four, just in the final QA cycle. I f- it, it depends how fast this shakes out and how fast they can spin up the new studios because of course the big unknown is how long does Vlad stay in power and how long does he push this war.
3: Yeah. Of- I mean, yeah. this
2: is—they've obviously done some calculation here about what this is going to mean for, sort of, in, in, in the you know the immediate short term with what's going on, but also the kind of mean medium and long term economic effects on on Russia and you know sanctions and and whatnot. So, uh, in a way, I think a lot of people have been lauding wargaming for this decision, but also this was, I'm sure. Uh, oh, oh, a was... business-led decision. This wasn't oh, oh, some yeah. kind of moral stance. I don't think. Oh. Although you know, what they, they, I mean, they, I think they are as as much as any company is against the war because war is bad for business. Generally,
1: remember um, also that they had staff in Kyiv.
2: Yes, yes. So yes. They, I was going to get onto that. But yeah, they they they, they did make that million-dollar donation to the Ukrainian Red Cross and offered to basically help relocate any of their their Ukrainian staff.
1: Yeah, I believe the last information was that they actually had managed to get all of them out, so well, hooray, a, yeah. hooray for that. At least that was the last I heard. But, yeah, oh, yeah, it's absolutely a business calculation. They have done the numbers, and they are saying, look, the odds of us being able to get currency between Cyprus and Russia in any direction is going to be pretty much... So... Uh, we need to yank out of there fast and pretty much amputate those off into their own company. And yes, I'm saying amputate rather than spin off, because that's basically what they've had to do. Because otherwise, we are going to piss off every government in Western Europe and Eastern Europe and also North America, and we'd quite like to carry on doing business, if you don't mind. Mm. So I've I think also- they've had... Sorry. Sorry.
0: Uh, yeah, I'd also say that it's there is a lot of uncertainty even after this war of, of what's going to happen. There's uncertainty what's going to happen in Russia. Will like if the economic sanctions are too bad, will there be maybe like an, an uprising inside Russia? Will there be another faction that tries to, to seize power or whatnot? Like mm. the, if, if a lot of the oligarchs are hurting right besides Putin, maybe some of them might think that maybe they, they want somebody different in charge. If the cost of living is, if like the people are starving, because you know the, the economy crashes too hard, you never know what's gonna happen to Russia now in the future. How long those sanctions are gonna be? My, underst- pro- sorry,
1: yeah. my understanding was that Putin had gone to a lot of trouble to harden his regime against any kind of coup. So, I think the calculation has been that the sanctions are on for the foreseeable. And they that's why they've had to compartmentalise like this.
2: I mean, there is uh, Russia does have a fairly tightly controlled um, state propaganda machine. There, there isn't that much in the way of independent media.
1: There is, ed- in- as I understand it, there isn't any.
2: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I think the last time there was, I remember from the news, there was any big um, kind of popular disgruntlement with uh, Putin was uh, what's it? it was something to do with pension age, so raising the pen, raising the pension age or something like that. It, you know, it was something that was going to affect a lot of people economically. So uh, I suppose if there's any hope of, of anything happening, it will be the, the economic side rather than
0: uh, yeah, well, uh, anything else. Yeah, really, but just because see, it, your, yeah. your propaganda machine can't ca- cover up if everybody goes in a supermarket and it's empty. Sort of thing. So it depends on how hard the the economy will, will hit the population because it comes a certain point where, you know, there is too much backlash. Yeah, and then
1: it becomes a question of, well, how well can the FSB and the Omon Riot units keep order? And as you say, how long until the powers that be decide that actually know they're better off chucking Vlad to the walls? And then can you coordinate? Because that coup-proofing I mentioned, one thing is that it's all split up and compartmentalised. So no one bit of the Russian state, as I understand it, actually has the resources to get rid of Vlad. And you have to go out of your agency. And then you have the question of who to trust, because anyone selling out a conspiracy to Vlad can expect a pretty decent reward. Like I say, he's gone to some trouble to coup-proof his regime. So
2: yes. I... Th- yeah, it does lead mm. to really just an open question of, you know, how, how long he might cling on to power because he doesn't seem inclined to I, go I, anywhere anytime soon. I, I think
1: we have to assume that, like so many before him, dictator of Russia is going to turn out to be a job for life. Yeah. Probably. But, but unfortunately, buzz- my, my assumption, and I think Wargaming may have got here as well, is that those sanctions are going to stay in one form or another as long as Putin's in power. And as long as it's nigh impossible to move currency across the Belarusian and Russian borders, they can't effectively run dev studios in Belarus and Russia. So they've evacuated.
2: Yeah,
3: it's, I mean, it's
2: interesting that there seems to have been more popular opposition in, in Belarus, particularly even though Lukashenko is just as entrenched. Um, things like... Wow. if.
3: I, I don't know how much how
2: accurate any of this stuff is, but stuff like you know railway shipments being sabotaged and um again, stuff like that.
1: Again I'm calling this from memory. Lukashenko's rather shaky, despite that. Um the last he election is, I think is. it I think it was twenty twenty. They literally had to bring Russian troops and riot yeah. units in after he rigged that election. And the Belarusians decided, well actually no we are. Oh wait, you've got your mates in Moscow. Ah shit.
3: Maybe we are dealing with it then. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, as to how long this lasts,
1: roll a dice. Um, As to what Wargaming is doing, I think they've taken the decision. We need to compartmentalize. We cannot move currency into Leicester or Minsk in order to run our studios there. We are evacuating. And they are basically going into what amounts to maintenance mode until this calms down.
0: Yeah, I mean, a world of tanks and world of warships and world of tanks, especially at cash cars, they need to secure those for the future, and-, and they and they need to keep
1: everybody happy, because if the EU starts looking around at wargaming sites and says, "Hang on, you sent several million euros to Russia last month, why?" Video game studio, hmm. not good enough. Here's your fine for bre- breaching mm. sanctions. So yeah, and likewise the Russians, if they try and move money the other way. In fact, didn't didn't the Duma run an emergency law that they said if you have foreign currency in Russia, the Russian government can take it? I, I remember reading sure. something I, to I have that been, effect.
2: There have been, um, I, 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 there there, have been there's been a lot but...
1: of there's been a lot of wild talk in the Doomer, I know. I, I think this one actually passed.
2: The um yeah, the whole making people play for gas in Rubles thing has been obviously an attempt to shore yeah. up
3: the, Yeah. Uh, well
1: guys can get their hands on some foreign customers because they would have had to trade foreign for rubles. And guess who was setting the exchange rate?
3: Yeah.
1: Um so no, I I think they're spinning up Dev Studios, as you say, Vilnius, Warsaw. Prague, maybe, but I, mean, Prague, already have the but I
2: guess Prague would be maybe a bit more expensive than than Warsaw, yeah. I don't actually
1: know. Um, I mean, Prague's a lot cheaper than Western Europe, I know that True. much. But, yeah, I don't know what Prague is like relative to Lithuania or Poland. And this is their other problem, because, of course, it's the old dilemma, isn't it? You can have fast, you can have cheap, you can have good, pick any two. They need fast because they've got a ticking clock with their dev cycles, they kind of want cheap, but they also need good. And how are they going to juggle those two?
0: I mean, they can take some of the person. That, like, it's interesting because if Leicester survives and becomes independent again, then you would expect that at least the top management stays because they will keep running that company. But Leicester, well, l-
2: yeah, last week, yeah. last week, forget it was uh, a, a pre-existing. You know, there were an already existing studio that, that Wargaming then, yeah, um, basically, basically bought out. Whereas, yeah. whereas Minsk was kind of like the original heart of, uh, yeah, that's where World of Tanks was developed. That was the original um, company base was in, in Belarus before they switched their corporate HQ to to Cyprus for tax purposes. So that's, that's kind of, I, I think Leicester might have enough wherewithal to keep going, and certainly it depends how much of a lifeline running the, the Russian servers is for them.
1: In terms of player count, I believe the Russian servers, bear in mind they've got World of Tanks and World of Warships now. Mm. Um, I believe that in terms of player base, the Russian side things is something like twice the size of everyone else combined. But EU and US are far more in the way of money makers Mm. for wargaming, mostly because of exchange rates and prices. So I think... As I say, Leicester have got enough to keep things going in maintenance mode, but that's another reason I don't think they've got the dev studio anymore, because devs cost.
0: Yeah, but what I'm thinking, is you know, like the management will probably stay in Leicester, right? Because otherwise you could just transfer, you could basically just take the staff that you want and make them an offer somewhere else if they're willing to move, right? But if all of the management oh, yeah. stays, that means you need to get new people in for that. You can take like the developers, that than no longer needs because they don't need to develop the game. They just need to keep it running, right? But they can't really take much of the management staff probably, I would assume. They, they'll they have need to keep the server ops, the customer service, the techs, a good
1: chunk of the business side and stuff like that yeah. because they've got to run that. Of course, the management to keep everybody in line. But yeah, I would not be surprised that Wargaming tr- at least tried to evacuate key dev staff to wherever they're spinning up next, just to keep some continuity. Something, of course, that came out in um, last year's brouhaha was, of course, all the documentation is in Russian. So mm. if you're trying to spin up a new studio and you've got new programmers and they're coming in on what is now a well, how old is World Warships itself? Is seven, six and a half years old now, and of course the big World engine it runs on is. Older. (laughs) Yes, older. Let's leave it at that. Um, You're going to need that doc. You're going to need the devs who are familiar with the code. Or what's the usual expression? Um, You've walked into somebody else's minefield.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they are smart, they are going to keep a lot of the people that are doing the actual work because Leicester doesn't need them anymore. I mean... People might. Uh, must be willing to move, but I presume a lot of them would be. So you no, just but... try to keep along a lot of people that know the code, or at least enough to train, train a new studio.
1: Yeah, um, to switch over to your chat thing. i time. Tom McIver. Does that mean we have to pay in rubles and people? No, <laughs> um, is the quick answer to that one. What's happened is that they have literally the Belarusian and Russian operations are completely separate now. And everyone else just carries on as they were before. The big unknown from our standpoint is what this is going to do financially. to They're being quite upfront about the fact they're going to take a huge hit from this. And if you think about it, they're losing a good chunk of revenue. Okay, they don't have to pay for CIS servers, but that's still a net loss. And they've got to spin up basically two full-size dev studios in a hurry. And I don't care where you park them, that's going to cost.
0: I mean, spin up or buy. They could looking for a smaller studio. So, I mean, they have bought some in the past. They could buy up a studio and then just to have a baseline to work with and then just move some more devs in on. Um, they it. could,
1: but then you still got to integrate however many legacy devs you integrated with, you evacuated with the new yeah. studio. And then you, okay, it's not as bad as having to spin them up from nothing but there's still going to be a uh, a lead time. As I say, I think 11.3 will be okay. 11.4, we might see a wobble. I think it's 11.5, 11.6, where if the dev cycle's gonna go, that's when we're gonna see it go.
2: It probably will have um, more of a noticeable impact on, on warships as well. I don't think the, the patch cycle for tanks is is nearly as quick in
1: comparison. I I don't know what the patch cycle for tanks is, to be honest. I haven't touched it in a a good long while. Um, But, yeah, warships, because we know we've got this monthly patch cycle, I think that will be our first indicator if they're having any trouble or not. Maybe they pull it off, spinning up the new studio. I mean, to be fair,
2: they they have got some experience in terms of relocations. I mean, um, they moved a whole trench of people from Paris out to Prague, for example, yeah, not, but not they were, many years
1: ago. That, that, the, they weren't devs. They were, I, know, I, know. I, VR, I, I they were customer still, service. They were business admin.
2: It's not not the same level of things, but it, it's not like they've yeah. ever had to move, you know, or start up oh, yeah. offices or move people
1: around. Equally, they moved their American op from San Francisco, I think it was, over to Austin. Yeah. So yeah, they they have moved offices plenty of times before, usually when it's significantly cheaper. Um, but uh, they've—I don't think they've ever relocated devs before, and certainly not on this scale. No, this is definitely uh, slightly, slightly where we're in—we're in unknown territory here.
0: Also, it will be interesting to see because if they now have a new dev studio, what this means for the future of uh, the game in terms of balancing, or oh, if we go in a different direction with, with what's. Or gaming has planned so far, or less they have planned so far, because if the if you spin up a new studio with a new leadership, they pro- might want to give it their own touch. They might have their own ideas. They might look at things and be like, wait, submarines? That's stupid. Let's just get rid of them." Maybe. Of course, the suspicion
1: is that submarines were Sub Octavian's pet project. He was gone even before this happened. I think Corporate are going to be running a very tight ship, pun only slightly intended, for the next few months. So it's going to be a while before we see anything from a new team. We'll probably meet the new team first, honestly. Um, Yeah. But I think it'll be a good long while before they have a chance to make their mark on the game.
3: It will be
2: interesting to see quite how many people decide to make the the move across, like how many people they're able to poach from from Leicester, and how many people they're able to bring over from Minsk.
1: Well, there was one unsubstantiated Twitter rumor that said they'd rented seventy six flats in Vilnius, but that is a single tweet, completely unsubstantiated. It could be somebody making crap up for all we know. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I think I think uh, it's the internet. Nobody ever lies. Twitter on might the not internet. be the
2: most reliable news source for stuff like
1: that well at this point it's basically the level of gossip
3: isn't it yeah but i mean the the other question
0: is this for me is like how much was wargaming like itself even influencing what happened to for example world of warships how much oversight was there or didn't they care Were, were they happy with how leicester has run things or but because they cut Leicester loose, is that like okay? We don't need those people anymore. They have screwed it up. Maybe we don't even want to poach that many. So you you just go away, and we'll we'll try with other people.
1: I or- I feel obliged. I feel obliged to note there that they trust Leicester to keep the lights on. I mean, if the relationship was that bad between wargaming Cyprus and as was well wargaming St Petersburg. You'd think they try to find somebody else to do the maintenance. On the other hand, less to know what they're dealing with. So let them keep warships, but they got tanks as well. Yeah. So but that I mean, implies keeping the lights the on
0: is different than like determining the, the course of the game. I'm not saying that they were completely dissatisfied with it, but maybe they looked at it and be like, okay, we don't like those numbers or we don't like, for example, the screw up last year or what they have done since, right? I mean you never know how many ti- uh, how much time Wargaming already was looking into the operations and maybe wasn't entirely satisfied with things or wanted to because like when you keep Leicester intact that means you you don't as I said, like they probably don't poach from the top management. While they shut down Minsk, they could keep um high level stuff on Minsk because the, the studio doesn't exist anymore, right? So if you wanna keep the top level personnel around, you can't like keep let them keep their own studio in a sense.
1: I, I I'm not sure they even bothered evacuating management out of Minsk, maybe a couple. I suspect their focus will have been on the core of technical devs, and the skills and the knowledge that they really, really need to try to get out before the borders close down completely. Of course, there are visa issues as well, because, OK, hmm, yes, you want to bring in 50, 60, 100 workers from Belarus, I'm sorry, and Russia into the European Union right now. Hmm. I I can see the immigration authorities
3: being very thorough with these people. (laughs) Probably, yeah. So, um, as I say, I'm there. If I was running that, my priority would be the technical staff.
1: And okay, maybe one or two managers, but not a huge priority in my book. Get the techs out, and you can bring in corporate management from Cyprus to run things for a bit and while the new managers find their feet i mean technically true
0: but it all well it helps if you have somebody familiar with the actual game and and like i mean you need if you want to keep developing your game you need to know where, where you are at what this game is about how it works what what you want to achieve with it where you want to go yeah it obviously helps if you have people familiar with it. Now you need also some technical stuff that know the code because otherwise you can't actually do what the management wants you to do. But you need at least enough to train new people
1: yeah, true, true, um and we're all speculating. of course we don't know what ruptions happen between St. Petersburg and Cyprus in the wake of Mousegate last year and everything that went yeah. on over the subsequent six months. We don't know what that relationship has looked like before this war started, never mind now that this war has forced every single issue to a head and has basically forced Wargaming to evacuate from Belarus and Russia. So I th- I think we have uh, just tripped... <laughs> a curse that I suspect Wargaming would. With- hope was over last year may we live in interesting times hmm. because Indeed. starting july this last year this has just been one thing after another for wargaming and okay some of it's their fault but a lot of it in fairness
3: hasn't been and they were doing better they did not need this <laughs> i mean nobody needed it true
0: But yeah, obviously we do a lot of speculation here about the future because Wargaming hasn't been very forthcoming. What what they're saying is that going forward in all countries, Wargaming will continue to operate World of Warships as before, so basically no, nothing changes in the immediate future for us. Obviously, long term, it will have an impact on how the game is developed.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I say, no matter how they try and run this, they're going to take a huge hit on their financials this year. So where that's gonna leave them with collaborations, I think we might see an impact there. Although I believe there's a data mine leak of something they already had lined up. And uh, as you say, we will see. Hopefully hopefully our shooty boats game stays profitable and online though. Hopefully.
3: Should I don't, I don't think
2: there's any immediate danger of either it or world of tanks disappearing or even world no. of warplanes for that matter. So well, um,
1: not that oh, oh, oh yeah, Wonder Warplanes is still a thing, War isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you remember me? I still
3: exist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I don't. I agree with it. I don't think they're in any danger of going bust. But um, mm. neither do I think they can exactly. Oh, Fu just brought up a point in chat. Wonder <laughs> Warplanes was being done in Kiev. Yes. Yeah, that was a yes. Ukrainian studio
2: that was handling that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, he also points out, yeah, the relationship probably wasn't cuddly. They've had too many bad headlines these last eight months. As I say, I suspect they've left the Leicester management to run things, and they've just yoinked any key devs who were willing to move and who they could get out. But beyond that, I I got nothing. <laughs> we we are speculating until we see yes. what happens with dev cycle, the cycle, whether 11.4 and 11.5 slip while they're spinning up the studio and where things go from there. And I suspect a lot of the staff at Wargaming don't know either, because the decisions just haven't been taken yet. Um, Where the MIT staff literally found out when we did that they were shuttering the studio. I do wonder if something happened last weekend to make Cyprus go, right, this is not going to sort itself out. We need to bail right now. Because we know that... They said in the 2nd they've been looking at it for a couple of weeks, which implies that they started looking when the war started. But if it was an ordered end to a review process, you would think they'd at least warn their staff more than they did.
0: The problem is that once you start like informing people, it will often immediately leak. So oh, yeah. that's, that's why companies might time like their announcement with like their official and their internal announcement at the same time and be like, okay, uh, this is happening, right?
1: Fair point. And something as major as we are completely leaving the country and any of you who aren't willing to move up, sorry, we're not here anymore, so you are out of a job. Yeah, you have a point there. That would have leaked within the hour. So it makes sense to drop the official statement that way. Um, Parker, I think it, I think the war forced it. I mean, I, okay, they played their cards close to the chest, but they seemed quite happy with the arrangement. And they'd been in Minsk for, what, 20 years? Maybe even more, because Wargaming were doing other things before World of Tanks, I know that much.
2: Yeah, yeah, they, they um, I can't remember what games they started with, but, um... It was a load of hex-based stuff. Yeah, that, that, that was the one that blew up. That was the one that, that made them, as it were.
1: Yeah, and as I say, they've been quite happy to be in Minsk for 20 years, if maybe even 25 now. So the fact that they have
3: shuttered the studio is a big deal. I mean, that is OG Wargaming. Just gone. So, uh, yeah, we're, as I say, I, I think we can safely say
1: they're moving the dev studios. Yes. But beyond that, it I don't think even Wargaming knows precisely what's going to happen over the next three, four months.
3: Well, I guess we'll, you
2: know, have uh, at least some persistent topic that isn't submarines to talk about <laughs> in the next however many podcasts. Speaking of which... <laughs> yeah, so we us move on to dev blocks now, because there is, there is other
3: Warships news that's come out this week that's a bit less uncertain. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think
0: we have three new dev blocks since the last one. The first yeah. is a pretty small one, and it's just some changes to, to test ships with the French Super Battleship and some other test ships that like the French Cruises, uh, the Maya gets nerfed again. Yeah, yeah. I, what does, I
1: haven't looked at the stats on Maya for a while. Has she got all the 25 mil anti-air that she had historically?
0: Uh, I don't know. I think Maya looked pretty much like an Atago just put at Tier 7 because it's balanced. And he has been nerfed a couple of times since then because Wargaming figured out that putting an Atago at Tier 7 might just be slightly strong.
1: Yeah, I I give me a second to yank the numbers here because the thing about Maya is that they are using her late war configuration. Um, so she loses sea turret because that I think that took a bomb hit or similar. Um and the Japanese yanked it off, plated it over and stuck a load of twenty-five millimeter guns on her. Of course, the Japanese twenty-five millimeter gun being what it was, that didn't actually make much of a difference. But that's that's the principal argument for putting her down at tier 7. She's only got eight guns compared to the 10 on the Murecore and the Artigo. But I'm a little... Oh, she may, she's got MBRB. Oh, okay. Um, MBRB at tier 7 on the Heavy Cruiser is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also got a heel.
1: Yeah, and that's a biggie at 7 as well. I mean, they clearly think the stats justify the nerf, so... I, well, I'll have to send it round the test cycle again and see what happens.
2: I mean, I mean, there's not that many at tier seven that have a heel, so if you look at stuff like the the Boise and the the Nevé de Julio, which you know, same ship, really, but um, they both have a really quite short range, and I'm wondering if they'll do the same with Maya. And it, it's not like the Japanese cruisers before, kind of tier nine, ten, where you have the option of. Extending that with modules um, have great ranges anyway, so it might be particularly
1: short-ranged even for a Japanese cruiser. The other thing about Maya, of course, is that if she's down at 7, she probably doesn't get the concealment module. Yeah. So her spotting is going to be... It it might be a bit better than the Miyoko, but she's still going to be
3: looking at 10.5, give or take. Which would still be good at Tier 7. Maya no, wouldn't be terrible. I mean, the
1: British
0: would outspot her, but I don't think many others would. I mean, I forgot the stats. It has been a while, but it it was pretty strong, and I don't remember a particular weakness like the range or anything. When, we f- when it was first introduced, I mean, Maya has been, like, mentioned in DevBlocks the first time, I think, many months ago. But the first iteration, I remember, was basically very overpowered on paper already. There wasn't a single weakness. It was it was just basically kicking ass in every step. Mm.
1: Yeah. So I can only assume that initially I thought drop the drop down to eight guns was going to be enough of a hamstring, but clearly yeah. they've decided that others were needed. And
0: yeah, I mean I have expected nerves.
1: Yeah, send it around the test cycle, see what happens. Um, this. There's German U-Boats getting knocked down to a five-second action time on Damcon. It's interesting that it's only the German ones. I mean, to be honest, when you pop Damcon, it's because you're containing either... Okay. Where that will make a difference is containing an active sonar lock. Because that means another sub that's hunting you will be able to reacquire very quickly. Um...
3: so
1: that's going to be the big distinction there. everything else is kind of well okay you got hit and your solo health uh, you can if you don't contain a fire or a flood immediately well let's face it you're probably dead anyway so five seconds or 15 seconds doesn't make a huge difference except to sonar locks.
0: now i would say like with with like the airdropped death charges because they actually cause flooding so Usually you have like two flights of depth charges, right? So if you spam two flights of depth charges on the same target and you damage count the first flood from the first bomb that hits you, if it lasts 15 seconds, it will last long enough that you'll get out of there, right? But if it don't last five seconds and the, the second flight is slightly delayed, then suddenly you have a sticky flood because the damage count too early.
1: Yeah, that is another possibility, yes. I'll, I'll concede that one. Um... That said, it does require the flight controller to be able to aim with a 10-second offset on top of his first strike. So it'll depend on how good the sub-captain is at GTFOing. But uh, we'll see how they evade, I think. And we'll see how it plays out in the servers, if people can stop getting out the torches and pitchforks every time they see a sub anyway. But... uh,
0: I mean, the subs are incredibly tanky this time around, so they they certainly need a nerf.
1: I have to admit, I've been playing subs on the new thing. I kind of preferred the old version. Um, Where it was, okay, you're reasonably
0: potent, but if you make one mistake, goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs) Wargaming's go-to thing for... for, uh, Unpopular ships is just remove counterplay and they're going dead route with the subsurf.
1: Hmm. We'll see.
0: Um, of interest,
1: Iwami, which I believe is a tier nine premium. I forget what their base is on. They've upped the deck from thirty two to fifty. So goodbye overmatch. I think that was one of the Yamato prelim designs, right? I think anything about tier nine is a Yamato
0: prelim, yeah. but uh, i I'd, ha- I'd have to go and look again. Iwami was oh, the it's brawling, brawling the secondary, secondary shift, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, I, what's interesting, they've cut the rudder shift, which makes sense that they want her brawling. They've increased the main battery reload by t- close to 10%, give or take, um, which, again, nudges you to secondaries. And you're less likely to eat an overmatch through the deck now. In fact, you won't, because fifty mil don't even a twenty inch shell. Yeah, that would that package makes sense. They're not happy out about her survivability while she's closing the
3: gap.
0: Yeah, she she's got the magically hundred millimeter Japanese secondary. So it 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 just mm. looks like good changes. It's like um, making her tanky and less focused on main guns, basically too. Yeah,
1: that that's my take on that as well. Um, Brest and Cherbourg both getting their main batteries nerfed. Patri gets her main battery nerfed, although from what I've been hearing from the testing, Patri is just sick and wrong. But, it,
2: but how can that be? It, it's not Russian.
1: <laughs> Funnily enough, not every um, monster ship is Russian, nor is every r- Russian ship a monster. I know we like to joke about it, but... Uh,
2: <laughs> yes such a, such a running thing in in world of tanks for so long and then of course World of warships exactly the same I still get comments even now on my videos sometimes it's a uh, a trope that uh, refuses it, to it, die it, it
1: will, mind you the studio's not in Russia anymore so <laughs> I mean the trope probably won't die anyway because no one's going to remember that but hey you never know I mean, maybe we can get a
3: new job going depending on where they move, right? Depending. Does Lithuania have a navy? Well, I mean, if, if
0: I, the I studio mean, goes it used... there, it
3: will have one. Uh, true, true, true.
1: I mean, I know, it, I know if you want to go far enough back, I mean, it was technically the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, so you can argue that... Um, I think that's pushing a point. <laughs>
3: that might
1: be going a little too far yeah. yeah it's kind of like hmm, yes mind you the Russian argument it's kind of yes you used to
3: own that well um, don't tell the Italians the Germans or the British because they're going to get ideas but yeah I mean that 11-3 close test changes I didn't see anything particularly eyebrow raising
1: not really fairly
3: no. sensible Which then brings us
0: to the next F-Block, 11 We'll bring some new ships, I guess.
1: Yes, and if you don't mind, we need to get uh, Hearts of Oak playing in the background here <laughs> Because they are here! The line so many of us have wanted for so long. The British battlecruisers. cruisers. Teet. Now, there's inevitably
2: going to be some question marks about why Wargaming have chosen to do one thing over another, and uh, they still don't have...
1: uh, What is it? Tier 6 and Tier 8? Yeah, we're missing the 8, and we're missing... We're missing the 3, the 6, and the 8. We know the Tier 3 is going to be the Indefatigable, which makes sense. Tier 6 is going to be Renown. Again, makes sense, because we've got Repulse more or less her sister at tier six as well. Hawk is at tier eight now. I think that's going to be the hood refit because the naming convention matches. I, I have seen some heavy speculation to that effect, yes. And we, yes. I mean, if they don't do an improve a refit hood somewhere, there's going to be a
3: riot from the history crowd, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> I imagine so. I have to say, the, the, um, uh
2: the g three and uh i three based designs at tier nine and ten look particularly funky, but they were always going to those those layouts were uh
1: interesting let's face it, it was not the only navy to have to do weird, weird things to try to stay within treaty limits
2: When these weren't these pre treaty designs these were some of the monsters that were knocked on the head by the treaty i. I... Heard. Yeah, yeah, a good
1: point. I three was proposed in 1920, so two years pre-treaty, and I don't think I don't know when exactly the G three came in, but uh, you're right. This project was effectively knocked on the head by the. Yeah, good point. Uh, My bad. I will go and watch Drakenfell videos for an hour afterwards (laughs) as penance. Um, but yes, there's a lot of Nelson about these.
2: Yeah, uh, including the, the Tier 7 Premium they've announced, Collingwood, which does look very Nelson-esque, but with fewer larger guns, which 419 millimetres,
1: that's going to be 16.5
3: inches? Um,
1: four 460 is a... yeah, but 16.5 sounds about right. I mean, that is just going to be... I mean, Tier seven, that is just overmatched city. Yes, I mean, you
2: already yeah. get that with, with Nelson, I suppose, so...
1: Which makes it, you wonder. It does,
2: it does what, really look like a Nelson variant more than anything else, so nothing super new there.
1: Yeah, makes you wonder what the armor's going to look like, and it makes you wonder what kind of punch those guns have. Because, okay, if overmatches are given, why would you take six 16 half over Nelson's nine
3: 16s? Uh, True.
2: We have some stats on Collingwood. I'm guessing that one's more fixed because one of the things uh, that the article does say is that they haven't actually quite decided what the flavor of this, the, the main branch will be yet. So uh, currently we yeah. have two possible gameplay concepts of British battlecruisers. Medium to close range balls with short firing ranges, torpedoes, and these are going to have, um, it's confirmed, these are going to have um, like underwater torp launchers, which I think will be a first for... Uh, any ship in the game. I don't think we've had any ship that's got underwater.
1: I mean, technically the submarines count. But <laughs> well, I would, yeah, I okay, would okay. also note Still that not we had ship. the bathtub mode.
2: And, and there, there have been ships placed in the game. Many ships, uh, especially, I think, mid to low tiers, which historically had um, underwater top launchers, but yeah. they're just not in the game. So this
1: is... Pretty much all battleships, I think, tier five and below had a yeah. torpedo. I think a lot of the tier sixes had them, but lost them right. in right. refit. So I'm pretty sure, well, Nelson and Rodney, of course, had torps, and of course, Rodney's claim of being the only battleship ever to torpedo another battleship in live fire combat. But other than that, it was one of those things that was a fad for about 1900, well, 1895 to about 1915, and then everyone tried and realised it was actually bonkers. And it just went away.
2: But of course, a lot of the, the refit ships still retained them. And I don't I'd like. Well, you can't really say that about the Nilsons, though. I suppose they would have been among the last designed. Because I don't think they. Did the KGVs yeah.
1: have uh, I would have to go and look. I would assume at least some of the early drafts included them. But at some point, somebody twigs that. Okay, look, we can barely use these things, and we're carting around several dozen tons of ordnance. We're giving up compartment space, and we're never, ever going to get them to work. So what are we doing again? But let me just yank up the KGV specs.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, Well, so while you're doing that, I'll actually read out the rest of this. So... Um... Yeah, top, tops with high damage but small launch sectors, so I would just think Mutsu, essentially. Secondary guns with high chance to set fires, as well as quick acceleration and manoeuvrability characteristics. At the same time, they would have average accuracy and HE pen values. The deck armor is the same as that of British heavy cruisers. Available consumables would include engine boost, DEF AA, and repair party. And then the second concept is long-range ships with high accurate, uh, highly accurate and powerful HE and AP, with engine boost, defensive, and a standard repair party. They would not have improved manoeuvrability or good armour.
1: Yeah, so basically either the kitey, snipey style or the sprinting, ambush, and blam away style that we see with Yukon. Which, to be honest, I, I would kind of prefer the
2: more brawly style. I think that would be Definitely. Really much more interesting gameplay-wise.
0: I mean, if I read Uh, long-range ships with high accuracy and powerful HE and IP shells that reach pretty much like a thunderer, like that very balanced ship that has never been a problem, why not recreate a line of thunderers, right? Maybe with more range this time.
3: Am I detecting sarcasm? (laughs) Possibly.
1: I mean, a a quick scooch round suggests that KGVs never had torpedo tubes, but they are post-treaty designs, So, well... I say post-treaty, they were started in, what, 28, give or take? So it was kind of a, well, we might need these, but be ready to go with the design. So, yeah, I think Nelson and Rodney were the last British battleships to actually have torpedoes as designed. But, yeah, it it will be interesting. I mean, presumably we will see a
0: lot of the both variants running around the maps over the next three, four months. I mean, it's interesting that they're basically testing both studs only on the tier 10, and yet the other ships, well, at least half of them already have stats. And also they say they have a clone that they have like St. Vincent and St. Lawrence, but they only provide stats for one of them, St. Vincent, or at least I haven't seen the other one in the stats yet.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you. They- at least say these stats are even more preliminary than usual. I,
1: I think we have to say that, yeah, this is all very, very, very subject to change. At this point, treat it all as basically being written in pencil and smoke signals.
0: True. But if they, like, already go into the detail that us say, hey, we want to try two different concepts and they have the name for the concepts, I would have expected them to have preliminary stats for both concepts. Not just mm-hmm. one. I presume that one is the brawling one.
1: Well, we, we don't know which is which, so that that's gonna be fun when we start running into these and testing.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> it's kind of a same... case
1: of wait and see what
3: it does. If it runs away. It's
0: probably a battleship. In a brawling battleship.
3: Yes. Is it
1: running towards you or running away? Mm. Now you know which version you've got.
3: <laughs> but I yeah, mean, I mean...
0: Interestingly, Saint Vincent has nineteen point five kilometer range, so that it's not the most range. So that calls more like brawling to me. Only twenty-five millimeter plating, though, which isn't that great for brawling. But then again, they're supposed to battle crews, I guess.
1: It also fits with what we saw with Repulse over Christmas. They thinned down her armor relative to the tier as well, if I remember correctly. So yeah. they were presumably leaning that way with the battle cruise. They did it with the uh, German Schluckhäuser as well, didn't they?
0: Yeah, although like the the tier 10 has, the tier 10 has technically 25 millimeter nose armor, but it's, it's like also only 25 millimeters high because the rest is like an icebreaker. So it has yeah. a 60 millimeter icebreaker and then it has about, you know, like a pixel of 25 millimeter on top of that. Yes,
1: yeah, true. Uh, the internal arm is always the sting in the tail there. Um, but yeah, I say I I kind of want to see the hawk just to confirm whether or not it's actually a hood refit. I mean, it, if it isn't, there's probably going to be a riot. But and of course, the Germans are getting a well, I swear, is a super Hindenburg, the Klauswitz. Yes, this is
2: the other one that's announced uh, in this article. Just
1: uh why they aren't just calling these things tier eleven, I have no uh, idea. Yeah,
3: yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a tier eleven book, basically. Uh, 12 twelve two hundred and ten millimeter guns.
1: Well that's basically Hindi's main battery, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
1: So that's not a huge thing. It'll there'll be a catchy higher HP, better armor. Presumably the guns are cycling faster, and of course it's got more torpedoes.
2: However, it will not have any unique super ship mechanics. So its gimmick is it doesn't have a gimmick. It's just better than the <laughs> Hindenburg. Uh,
1: well, it is superior German engineering. It requires no gimmick. It, its <laughs> gimmick is superior German technology. Uh, basically, it's a Tier Eleven Hindenburg, and I honestly don't. Uh, I'm honestly just waiting for them to just fess up and admit that the super ships are Tier Eleven.
0: I mean, they are treated exactly like Tier Eleven by the matchmaking barrier everything. They just don't want to call it Tier Eleven for some reason, are they?
1: Oh, because if it was Tier Eleven, you wouldn't think they'd let it mesh with Tier Eight. And I, they can't think, they can't. Okay, fine.
0: Yeah, well, they unless my- you're fail division. I've, I've met like a failed division Tier Nine and Tier Eight that got drawn into a super. Uh, Ship game and that broke the matchmaker. So there were like eight ships only per team because they said so long in the queue and then it was just forced. And you know,
1: well, let's face it, how often do you see a nine eight division? Um, yeah, I would They, they, they might as well just why they haven't just changed, I have no idea. When they were prototyping the first few, it made sense, but now they're very obviously going for one of everything. Yes. Imagine they can still do incomplete trees, or unless they developed an aversion
3: to that. So Yeah? <laughs> just call it Tier Eleven.
0: I maybe they think like it's it sells better if they call it super ship, or maybe it's because they wanna have a special economy, or maybe it's because they at one point said that they would never go beyond tier ten. I don't know. I mean there might be it's it's just a marketing. It's it's I, for gameplay purposes. It's t eleven. I I I got nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I got nothing whatsoever as to why they've gone that route, but um, gone that road they have. So
3: we'll see what happens. It's actually starts right down at the bottom, underneath the, uh, the Collingwood.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it has sixteen millimeter plating.
3: That's interesting mm-hmm. for a battleship, isn't it? Uh
1: Klaus Fitz is Clausefitz ah. is a cruiser. No, no, I was Mine's Collingwood. Two. Oh, Collingwood. Um well tier eight, bear in mind that they thin it down a tier effectively because it's a battle cruiser rather than a battleship.
3: Sixteen versus what a tier a tier seven would normally have what, twenty five? Uh, Something like that, I think. Yeah, whereas the tier 6s
1: generally come in at 16. 16 16mm plating, to me, makes sense, given their general trends so far. But yes, that will make... And if it's got the same armour layout as Nelson, with that wide, long plate, it will have a very punchable face, I think is the best way to put it. Because Nelson, I don't know if you remember Nelson's armor layout. Nelson's got the same problem. The armor plate is literally all or nothing on the sides. And literally the entire bow profile, when you look at it end on, is 16 millimeters. Or maybe 25. It's overmatched city either way if somebody is throwing 15s or
3: 16s at you. Yeah. Uh, f- yeah, thirty-two is
1: tier eight battleship territory. So I, th- I think it's twenty-five on the sevens normally. Yeah, yeah I think so
2: if, it too. Has, if it has Nelson's heel, or if it's just going to be a
1: regular heel, because I don't think it actually says. uh Give me a second. Damage control party. No mention of any modifications. Um, if it's got Nelson's armor layout, I hope it's got Nelson's superheel, or it's going to be
0: an incredibly squishy boat, even by Battlecruiser standards. Also, maximum speed 25 knots. That doesn't... Is, isn't Nelson faster than that? I haven't played Nelson in a while. That,
3: I, like I only... would have to load
1: the game and check. Give me a moment. I do it's far, far off. Neither do I.
0: I, I. I want to say 27 or 28. Yeah, I would have said something. But maybe that's with a speed flag, who knows? Maybe. I don't think
1: it is. I mean, I vaguely remember something about Rodney getting up past 28 when she was chasing the Bismarck, but she stripped her turbines in the process and had to go in for refit immediately afterwards. As I said, I'm just loading up warships now. i check. Oh, well, I've, I've beat
2: you to it on the way fitting tool. Uh, base speed is 24 knots.
0: Oh,
3: okay. Oh. So it's even faster than those by one knot. Okay, I mean, I think twenty five puts it around the Queen Elizabeths.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Lizzies were doing twenty five because, of course, I think it was Jellicoe got allegedly said that if he'd got small tube boilers into the uh, Queen Elizabeth, he would. It was what was it? He said he at the end of his career, Jellicoe said something about he had one big failure when he was running the navy. And the speculation is that it was he let the Queen Elizabeth be built with the older, larger tube boilers instead of the newer, small tube ones. And he thought you could have, with the better boilers, you could have got the Lizzie up to 30 knots. But, again, that's something I'm hazy on. But uh Oh, well, we'll
2: probably get out of some future premium 30-knot war spike. That would be quite something.
1: That it would, yes. Um, that would be of, of thirty knot away. Oh, and this would have been in World War One. Yes. Yeah, that would have been a very nasty shock for the high seas fleet. All right, Nelson.
0: I I've now opened Nelson also in in the wiki, so it looks like that the Collingwood has yeah. actually. Uh, it has bigger guns, but it has less HE alpha and more AP alpha. It's a pretty good so, fire chance.
1: So, AP and uh,
3: basically overmatch for this thing there. What's its rate of fire?
0: It's 25 on the Collingwood.
1: Nelson's reload on the 406s is 30. So, that's how they're making up some of the difference. So, so i free guns less
0: but reload a bit faster and a bit bigger
1: but basically fire six to the uh, nelson's five i mean <laughs> it, it's going to come down to the armor layout because if it's got the wide wide uh, armor view that nelson has that big As I say, very punchable face. She's got no extensions out towards the bow on her armor. And it's all 26 mils. So if Collingwood is running
3: 16 on a similar layout, that's going to be a glass cannon. Probably
2: Which, I mean it'll be a familiar playstyle to anyone that has played the Nelsons, though it's not going to be uh yeah.
1: it, I mean, it's just a
2: variation on the theme rather than anything
1: new, I think. I angle up, hold the range and punch away with armor piercing to a large extent. And use the high X to set fires if your target doesn't want to cooperate with uh, getting its citadel hammered in. But
0: I mean Columbia has Collingwood has Sigma too. I'm not sure what the Nelson has. And it has 19.1 range, so slightly more, I think, than the Nelson. So it's probably... Uh, like, Nelson isn't very tanky, except for a super heal. Collingwood is probably more squishy and a little bit more snipey than the Nelson.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
1: I, think, she'll, I think she's going to get a super heal. But uh, actually, can you check that in the consumables on the current build? I don't have WoW's FT up at the moment.
2: Ah, uh, we'll see if... I don't know. I mean, this has just been announced, so I don't know if they'll have uh test ship. No, the only test ships at the moment they have are the Cyclops and the Edgar.
1: Right, and they probably haven't put it into the client build for data mining anyway, so we're going to have to wait and find out. So, yeah, Collingwood, if she gets the super heal, she'll be interesting. If she doesn't, I suspect she's going to turn into a death trap very quickly.
0: There's quite a lot of glass cannon about her at the moment. I mean, Potentially. Yeah. They, they have removed the Nelson, though, right? So basically, that might be just a replacement for the Nelson that's supposed to be slightly weaker, because Nelson...
3: I I mean, you I should
1: save!
2: Well, exactly! <laughs> sort of
0: bring us to the, the, the
2: related news of the latest Lighthouse auction, doesn't it? Yes.
0: Yes. If you want to finance Wargaming's move to a new studio... You can now do so and get the Nelson at the same time by spending an awful lot of cash on a ship that used to be only a few free experience.
3: Yes,
1: minimum 900 on sale, minimum bid 10,000 doubloons. It's um, not
3: quite as much
2: as, say, a tier 8 premium, but that's, that's, that's the buy-in price. You know, If you're getting it for 10,000, I'd be very surprised. I so would i, um
1: and plus, you know it is Nelson uh, there'll be a fair few collectors who want her, but them probably went to, went for it on the uh whether she was around for free x p more interestingly, twenty thousand
3: research points minimum bid two hundred thousand coal that's uh I want to say three hundred and seventy five k yeah, I seven. think so too, something
0: like that.
2: I, I have a, maybe, what, th- what was 750k was that.
0: 750k was Missouri.
2: Ah, yeah, okay, then probably it was 375k.
0: The fun, fun fact, Nelson was one of the first premiums that CCs got for free, and it was because of an accident. They accidentally credited all the CCs and Nelson, and they were like, oh, you cannot keep it because it was in the day where you couldn't actually, where you didn't like get to keep the premiums you tested as a CC. Nelson was uh, one of the first and it was an accident. Yeah.
1: I, I think I joined the program after that happened. Um, do, 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 do. So yeah. Uh, considering that, I mean, 20,000 research is what the equivalent of, let me just grab the tech I mean, tree. most of
2: them are around, um,
3: you need, what, like, 50, 60K research yeah. points? About so a third of a ship. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's a, it's inefficient if, unless you've got a solid reserve of coal. And a typical coal ship, Forrest Sherman, is 232,000 coal. So there are better, probably... There are probably better ways of spending the pole, but if you really, really want that last gas for a particular research ship, then I could see why people might go for it. It would, it would certainly be a big
2: time saver over grinding out bits here and there. Yeah,
1: I mean Druid's fifty-six K, Colbert's fifty-seven, Gibraltar's fifty-nine, Slava is sixty-three. And Siegfried is 47. Yeah, that basically the cheapest one going is 43, the Paolo Amio. And all the rest start in the mid-50s, run up into the low 60s, depending on exactly what you want. So, so- it's somewhere between 40, 25 and 40% of a... Well, yeah, twenty-two, twenty-three, 23, and 40% of a
3: research ship if you if you're drowning in coal, and have nothing better to spend it on for some reason, or you could grab a unique upgrade, of course, because those are of now, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, we've also got. Some like we're saying, some stats given for the
2: the main branch battle cruises. but I, is it worth going over those when we know that when well, we know
1: that the entire concept yeah. is subject to change? I'm
0: gonna say that is so penciled and smokescreens that it probably isn't i mean the the only thing that might be interesting is St. Vincent because it's one of the two concepts that they are testing. We haven't seen the other one, and we don't know if this concept's gonna make it and even if it's gonna be changed. but it gives you a bit of an idea how they look. I have to think the brawling line's gonna look like mm, true it but like for example, it has sigma of one point five, so they are really serious about this not being focused about long range sniping. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, that, normally 1.5 I mean... is shotgun touch. You see those on the 12 barrel jobs. This thing only has uh, nine barrels. I mean, normally a nine barrel you'd expect a one eight
0: sigma, give or take. Yeah, some, something along those lines. And it has two times one torpedo.
2: <laughs> I, I suspect they will operate. Hmm. Very, very like Mutsu's torped, except less easy to knock out.
1: And also with an even faster reload, because a single tube implies a reload of about 20 to
0: 25 seconds.
1: Well, they're not, they've but, not given them quite no, that it's, good. It's 45
0: amount. seconds
1: reload. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, good point. 10K range. Yeah, that is, that is a boot knife. That is definitely an... Well, I need that last scrap of damage right now. On the other hand, 21,000 on the warhead. Okay, torpedo damage calculations are black magic voodoo, and we all know it, but uh, it's going to hurt. It, I, it would be potentially a
2: nice top-up to your, your damage if you are forced into that, that very close range.
3: Like yeah. I say, it's, it's a boot knife. It's, it's your emergency holdout weapon. Um, let's see, 19.5k range is a bit short for a tier 10, um,
1: but not unworkable. And they're 457, so no overmatch, but I suppose the theory is you're not expected to be bowing in for very long, are you?
0: It's well, I mean, you overmatch for...
1: side, and blam. Yeah, you overmatched 30, but you're not going to overmatch another tier 10 BB, and let's face it, that's what most people will tunnel in on. Still, Yamato has to have, well, Yamato and Incomparable and Shiki have to have their shtick, I suppose. Really? Um, do I need to get ATAM a couple of live chickens and a sharp knife so that he may also teach me this voodoo? I
0: uh, know, nobody understands. I mean, I've, I've, uh, <laughs> we've all seen the formula, but we don't know the, the parameters that go in it, right? they require extensive testing for each ship individually obviously As which say, not,
3: see, it's, not it's
1: easy reliable yeah when mouse can't figure the maths you know
0: it's arcane uh, mouse did some testing I think on some ships but not even mouse has has a formula for all of the ships and how how their torpedo damage works
1: it's that yeah. bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean we we know it's a cubic damage blast rather than a spherical one, and beyond that, I see there's been a lot of guessing there's been a lot of out al- theories about alpha damage versus main damage and flooding <laughs> just just stuff the torpedoes into it until it
3: blows up. That's the simplest option, yes. And then
0: ask, uh, wonder why it didn't blow up, because, you know. Yeah,
1: well, angry submarine captain noises when something tanks six and comes right
3: back. So, yeah, um, British Battlecruisers, woo, at long last. Um, I think there'll be more than a few people
1: happy to see this line. Oh, oh, yeah. oh God, yeah. I mean, let, let's face it, if... Is there another line left that has been so widely anticipated I mean you could maybe make a case for the return of the uh, odd tiered carriers but as many people are going to go torches and pitchforks on that as they are True. popping champagne
2: um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's any, any lines left now that have that kind of prominence I mean we'll probably no. see I mean there, there might be enough designs for say you know a Japanese battlecruiser line for example
1: um, probably not an American battlecruiser line, but one never uh, knows. But the, well, the Americans never did cruisers, did they? No. They converted
0: them onto Lexington.
1: That's it, basically. And that was it, yeah. Um, the design just died with the fast battleships, so the Americans never went for it. We've got the Germans. Did the French ever experiment? I don't think they did.
2: Well, I mean, you could argue the toss about, you know, the Dunkirks. Fair suppose, point, but yeah. Um, I don't think that was ever an explicit we're going to make battle cruisers" so much as, well, this is what the Germans and Italians are doing, so we must counter it.
1: Yeah, battle cruisers, Tom, not supercruisers. And yes, I'm aware that that's a blurred line and supercruiser is not a recognised USN classification. But aside from that, I mean, okay, maybe you could pull the Armagee and the key out, replace Armagee with... Uh, modernized Tulsa or something similar and try and scrape together a line from there. Um you could almost justify <laughs> almost justify a line of uh Japanese aviation cruisers, but again torches and pitchforks.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: but I mean split across, or do a line of Japanese light cruisers. You've got the Argano, you could split the 155 Mogami off, do 155 paper variants of Ibuki and Zao,
3: and maybe try and make it work that way. But yeah,
1: I mean, I think this might actually be the last big historical line, unless someone can pull up a navy from somewhere else
2: i think we'll probably see odds and ends from say south american navies i mean the atlantico is going to be the first of that
1: and of course Um, coming up in dockyard but the south american okay the south american dreadnought race is its own thing and is an interesting bit of design history but that kind of peters out by tier six yeah
2: historically I mean well you say historically I mean, we've got the <laughs> antacart Tier VIII, so there's there's nothing which is a, a you know sort of fictional modernized design so there's nothing stopping the bookham doing with that with other designs potentially
1: yeah i mean it's there, I mean, there it's it's not like it doesn't have at least some paper in it at all and and the half lines like the uh, subs and the carriers don't count by the way
0: i mean it's not like the the british were all built right like the british no. battlecruisers. cruisers
1: no, I so, mean uh I mean let's roll back on this. So Collingwood, I mean Saint Vincent and Duncan never were because G three and I three never got off the ground. We we do not seem to have an N three in this mix. So I wonder where that's going to appear because that's an maybe a side premium or it turns into
3: the hawk. But then, where is where is my retrofit hood? Could be
1: another premium. <laughs> could be, could be. Belfast to Belfast 43. Well, you could have, you know, your hood and your... Hood, hood. 44. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they could go either way on that. It's an obvious one in the tech tree, one as a premium option for, to do refit hood and Project M3
3: around about tier 8. But aside that,
1: I'd say I'm, I'm kind of scraping the barrel for big lines after they put the British battlecruisers in. They've all, I mean, they can bring in the odd-tier carriers and they muck around with the support carrier concept. But there's a certain feeling of, well, what else can you do unless you start looking at some relatively, at the risk of offending somebody, obscure navies.
0: Well, yeah, you can always I mean, take take like a, a World of War uh, ship and then say, what if they kept building this, this type of ship like they did with the German battlecruisers?
1: Well, they kind of do that in almost all the mines anyway because the last uh, thing in the British battlecruiser lines that stands that was actually built and launched is the Renown at 6. Yeah. I mean, 7, eight, nine, and 10 are all paper to varying degrees.
0: But, you know, you could you could start with the paper at Tier 3, right? You could. Um, <laughs> Pan-Asian cruisers cough.
1: Although that's not entirely fair. I mean, a lot of them are sailed, but not necessarily with a Pan-Asian Navy. I think it's the best way to put it. So Ramat, for example. Those Ditos, just none of them serve with the Thai
3: Navy, as far as I can recall. I will happily accept correction there if I'm wrong uh but yeah um
1: that brings us on to the third block so from yesterday
0: yes so they're mentioning the map again what they don't mention is like you remember like a year ago where they basically when they first said hey we we have two new maps they said they have one that's that will bring an exciting new game mechanic it's basically already being tested or such. And then there will be a second new map where people can vote on how it looks and so that's in the early stages. And the first new map that apparently was very ready and brought in a new game mechanic never actually existed, it turns out, and has been forgotten. I, I, remember I was
3: speculating about that of
2: like whether it was going to be drifting icebergs or something like that.
1: I, I wonder if they built it, modeled it, tested it, and realized that, hang on, this isn't actually fun.
0: Yeah, but you could still and they just remove quiet, them. They, them they just quietly canned
1: the project. And maybe, yes, you're right, they're just looking for a way to do it. But uh, I would say that if any project's going to get canned for want of resources, it's something like that. Despite that, a lot of us would like, an, well, a new map is always good. A, more more variety in the maps is always to be welcomed. I will I will point out
2: that the, the abandoning of, of entire kind of map Maps in progress, as it were, has, has happened numerous times in World of, Warship, uh, World of Tanks, rather, but they've usually been fairly, you know, well, we had this concept for a map, but uh, we just couldn't get it to work, so therefore we've canned it. So it we, would be nice, we, you know, if that was the case, it would have been nice if they'd actually said that up front.
1: Or so maybe, or maybe like it's on the area. back burner and they think, okay, this isn't working, but can we salvage it? And it's just been
0: a relatively low priority project for them. Maybe, yeah. I mean, honestly, considering that it was exactly at the time with the big uprising and they were, they were trying to to placate the community, I think they just made something up and then hoped nobody would remember. And now they do have, and then they started immediately development on an actual new map, which is which is coming now because it's been a long time, right? They 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 basically announced that map last summer. After the Uprising, they sent two new maps. That one seemed to have been a lie. And that's the one they might have actually only started back then.
1: Bear in mind also that the introduction of Substancement, they had to effectively redo every tier 6 plus map in the game. And arguably do yeah. more work on them because they had, well, how much of the terrain is underwater and how much of it is on land. And so I think that's where the map making team has been for the last two years. Plus
3: or minus? Yeah, another thing we can thank submarines for. Hooray!
0: But hey, a new map. The the screenshots look nice, uh, and we'll we'll see how it goes. They say what eleven five? What we are at eleven three now? Eleven two? No, eleven two. We are. We're
1: on eleven two. So a couple of months. Again, subject
3: to dev studio. So, we'll see. But yeah, so it, 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 looks, it looks good.
1: Yes. Um, we'll see what the layout looks like, and we'll see how it actually is to play.
3: And, of course, 11.4, we get to the French things. Yes, in early access. Yes. I... Well, if they don't have tumble homes, uh, that's one of I've, I've been playing. And this is a complete aside, but I've been playing a bunch of uh, Ultimate
2: Admiral Dreadnoughts, and it does have some quite delightful French tumble home holes in it to play with. So that's I, I I wish I wish we could get such things in in World of Warships, but yes,
1: to, what, what, what what was it? How was it? Drac put it. What were French dreadnought? French pre dreadnoughts. When were French pre dreadnoughts? Why were French <laughs> pre dreadnoughts? Uh, yes, tumble home hulls. An excellent idea until you actually try to sail the blasted <laughs> uh, things.
2: That, that would be my dream is, is seeing, seeing one of those come in at tier two.
1: What?
3: Yes, be
2: companion what, side alongside Mikasa
1: yes what what happens when an entire navy gets a visit from the good idea fairy but interesting sheborg will potentially be free um i i also have to admit, uh, despite my uh, raised eyebrow at the ship's structure i do kind of like the camera
3: that they're doing
1: yeah that yeah looks decent
2: not too gaudy cuz sometimes they do go a bit Too overboard, but
1: um, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's relatively understated.
1: Mm. I have to. I think I prefer Toulon's to the others, but well, Toulon to Marseille, depending on which version gets around. Mm. Uh, I think Toulon is being referred to as enlightenment, where the others are liberation. So I think that's going to be unique to Toulon. Although I can't help but note that it does have a very handy aim below this line for Citadel
3: element to it. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly? I mean, on Toulon? Yeah, uh, but yeah. we don't know where the Citadel is, right? I, I'd say your odds are pretty good unless it's a submerged Citadel. Or a raised Citadel. Oh if it's racist uh, there's
1: just
0: aim below this line. Oh hey and you have a bit of a margin if the shells fly wide. I mean look if this was a minotaur it would be just aim anywhere on the blue thing and you're fine. True true this 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 is undeniably the case.
1: Uh, I wonder if they've got that spaced armor the regular french cruisers have because that that thing was hell for british light cruisers when we first tested it. Um, having, having
2: having a Bartan style super yeah hard to to reliably damage ship. It was more than that.
1: Team. It was the fact that the void space behind the outer layer basically meant British AP fuses detonated before they got to anything with a hit point attached. Um, they've prettied up Marseille as well, which is kinda nice. Of course, of course, rather yeah. the ship. <laughs> uh, yeah, good, good point, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's, gonna, that's not going to
3: cause confusion, is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, and, they are now adding arms race in random battles. And a and particular interesting part is they are not just adding arms race, they are removing Epicenter.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, I, I'm a bit of a heretic in this world. I don't mind Epicenter as a variation on the regular capture zones, because it's nice to have a bit of a change and something to throw you off the regular strategies. Epicenter and Two Brothers was a dumb idea,
0: but that's another <laughs> matter entirely. Um, I, but, I, yes. I like Epicenter in, I'd say, tier six and below, and I hate it in above. Like, Epicenter kind of works in the lower tier maps and with the lower tier ships, I feel like but it's just a mess in our ideas.
3: Yeah, true enough. Um, do, 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 do. The guy identified
1: a steam pipe as a seawater feed. Oh dear, something needs to be beaten over the head with their pipe recognition manual. I mean, there, there are worse mistakes to make, anything involving a black water line, for example, but... Uh, Yes, mixing up the steam pipe and the seawater feed could be bad on an engine. That's a chat thing for anyone who's watching this on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Interestingly, new clan battle season. Kaiman, Carriers, Petropavlov and Kleber have been banned. So clearly the Kleber murder swarm is still
3: considered to be a bit of a melee, sorry, meta-breaker. but it will have super ships it looks like yeah one battleship and two super ships potentially i mean it's essentially this
1: brings us back to the whole tier 10 plus tier 11 thing i mean just call them tier 11 and have done with it again yeah I, I, we're going to be harping on about this one for a while
3: aren't we <laughs> i imagine so yes still no eagle and no uss united states and i mean no carrier
1: True, but can you imagine those two having their own private little rampage?
3: I don't really want to.
1: (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) Apparently neither do Wargaming. Uh, But it's fine. They're completely balanced. They just are too strong for competitive modes. Well, if you think
1: about it, they're, um, well, Eagle and USS United States, because of the even tiers rule, they're effectively tier 12.
0: Well, I mean you could argue that, that might the carriers why so... war
1: gaming don't want to refer to these things as tier eleven, because then you end up saying, well, how would the carriers be Tier
3: Twelves? <laughs> that could get interesting. I mean it'd break the matchmaker. Uh yeah. On that note
0: of breaking matchmakers, there is an update to submarines, and well, it's not very—it's uh, not the most interesting thing. So they they disabled the ability to launch conventional torpedoes at maximum depth, basically because they don't react to pings. Conventional torpedoes can't change their height anymore anyway, right? So basically, this is just an an IQ check. If, if or uh, they they might not have to make clear enough to people. So people try to launch torpedoes at the uh, Maximum depth, and then I'm confused why they don't rise, probably. Um, Possibly. I mean, that is actually the least significant change. I mean, fair point.
1: I have um, used the simplified depth and I've launched conventionals at max where I've been hunting another sub, when I have been very sure of my shot and I basically don't want to tip him off that I'm about to fire. But normally you go for homers for sub v sub anyway. Um, The other two changes are the biggies. Um, the first one is that the uh, being detected now drains your battery has gone. Yes, and that that is a huge thing for aircraft carriers. Yes, yes, uh, yes, I know you cancer to fight cancer, um, but of course, prior to this, the usual way you fought a sub was you spotted it and then you forced its submersion. Then you kept it spotted, and you ran it out of air in short order. And now that's not an option anymore, so I have to wonder what they think subs are going to well what carriers are going to be able to do against subs
0: i mean fun fun fact subs don't uh, subs can stay at the depth where they are not spotted by planes but can still count as periscope depth for their own purposes so they subs basically if you just play with your up and down meter right you no, can basically get, back, get yeah. up. You, you can get the best of both worlds anyway. So, but yeah, it's it's, it's basically a buff to Submarines, right? It it simplifies Submarines because obviously Wargaming has realized that people are not uh, good enough to, to... That, and a lot of people pointed out, they made absolutely no damn sense
1: whatsoever. Well, I mean, that Submarines in a nutshell.
3: <laughs> yeah. The...
2: It was a pure gameplay thing rather it was, than... It was paying gameplay, I I mean, there yeah. was
1: no... A lot of us were looking at them going, "Why <laughs> um and the other thing is that uh, sonar pings okay this this sounds small, but it is actually a biggie um because you we you'll no longer see sonar pings moving across the map. you'll just get a visual effect roughly if you are within several kilometers of the sub
0: but you won't get the precise location. Yeah, I mean, there's some screenshots there. You see some like smoke-like thing. It it also makes no sense why you would see that. But then again, I mean, as we've established, nothing about subs makes sense. It's a bit like the oil spill just in white.
3: And maybe less
0: precise. But the, Um, the thing is that this requires you to have planes. Like the... The problem with submarines is the only really counterplay kind of thing are the plane depth charges. If you don't have plane depth yep. charges, you're screwed anyway,
1: right? Well, you, you have to run over the, tar- the sub if you don't have plane depth charges. But yeah, I've had a number of occasions where I would see a sonar pin go past and I just bang depth charge planes back down that line. And yep. it, you hit surprisingly often. Um, this, depending on how far visible this pulse is, it it could work out as a nerf. It could work out as a buff because it looks like it's giving a pretty good indication of exactly where the sub was when it launched the ping.
3: I mean, the thing is but that the ping,
0: ping was know, only.
1: We don't know the observation limit of it. I'm not sure if
0: there is we... one. Like uh, the still... ping was only visible eight kilometers away, right? So I think they said that's why they imp- implemented that, so that if they're further away, you can still see them? Maybe. But they um, said the new effect will show approximate location of the up- yeah. sub Uh
3: we'll, we'll see. It depends how... If it works the way that it
1: looks like it's working, I don't know. It, it might be enough. To subs because that looks like an invitation for hey you find your sonar now every depth charge plane within 15 kilometers is paying you a visit it it does
2: i mean if you're silly enough to sit still then that would be a big problem for you but if you're moving people are going to have to try and account for that so oh believe me that's
1: not bear in mind that we're talking about tier six and eights bimbling along at maybe ten ten 10 knots and if multiple battleships all send their planes to hammer the same area, you are not getting out of what will basically be the shotgun of doom.
0: Yeah, true. But well, you have can, to remember that the other battleships won't see, right? Because like the the person that gets pinged realizes it gets pinged, but if just like a little bit of thing shows up on the ocean, no other battleship in the area will notice unless you really point it out to them and they actually attention to what that's the the thing everyone will see it yeah but like you don't constantly look at the ocean if there is a white foam somewhere right you don't get the sound Mm. notification because only the one that gets pink gets sound notification you don't see the pink travel anymore like it's it's Mm. a very good visual indication but you have to know that there is something there to actually look Right, Yeah, and I suspect that this is actually where the next
1: change then comes into play because they're tightening up the minimap
3: controls. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, a good point, actually, yeah.
1: Um, so we don't know if you'll be able to just double-click on things and go, look over here! And suddenly everyone starts depth-charging away.
3: But well, I that mean,
1: if, if people pay attention. Yeah, well, okay, that's a big if, yes. Um, but The thing to, is, what, what I would like to see, and I don't, is the idea that they're, they're splitting the minimap settings in the interface. I would love to see them made universal as part of the game settings. But that's been a long standing moan of
3: mine for a while now. Yeah.
0: Because I'm... having to adjust for every single ship is a pain in the neck. I mean yes and no, because some things you don't want to enable it on some ships, or maybe you do want to enable it on some ships like I could see that, yeah. for example, you don't need this if you, maybe you want a secondary range displayed on your secondary ship, but not on every other ships. if you have too many like circles on the minimap, it can be confusing, and you might mm-hmm. want to activate different ones for every ship
1: i'll I'll give you that, but I would agree uh, I would l- perhaps that' compromise a general settings, but with the option
3: for a per ship override. You're true. That would make sense. But Wargaming don't seem too inclined to listen to me on that one,
1: so um, it ain't happening anyway. We'll get an edit button on Twitter first.
2: It is is uh, uh, a nice idea in principle to to be able to be a lot more precise instead of just this map square here.
3: Yes,
1: yeah. although again, there's a question of how, uh, how exactly it's, I, th- the double click, it suggests that the double click is going to be a ping rather than the highlighted grid square now.
0: I mean, so the thing is, how often gotten. do you actually need like, Use Responding for Submarines is a good one, right? But unless it's a submarine that you want to click on, can you click on that on the, sub, on the minimap anyway that accurately? Because you probably don't see an indicator on the minimap necessarily. It's, well, it's like most at- of the time, like if you ping it where RPF is, right? the RPF isn't accurate enough to, to ping more than a square anyway. Or things like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, true. Again, again, it's one of those it looks interesting, but let's see how it plays deals. But overall, it sounds like an improvement. I mean, more precision, more precise control, more precise communication cannot possibly be a bad thing, he says crossing his fingers.
0: Well, I think it has limited use, but it's not a bad thing. Yes, and a
1: long-awaited event has, well, will be arriving in 11.4.
3: Ah, the return of the black. Yes. yes.
0: So once again, it's a special portal campaign because doing anything in game would be too easy and convenient.
3: Wait, any time I see something
2: like that, I can I can only think it's done on purpose to limit potential participation.
3: <laughs> there won't
2: be any other reason for it. Um,
1: or they're just having another go at tech testing it. That would be that would be par for the course of the wargame. Although, as you say, I I don't see what their angle is on that. Unless they're planning to use it for collaborations or similar layers. What are you going to do on the web? Anything that makes you go out-of-the-game client is automatically slightly suspect in my book. Hello, Sally. Um but yes, uh, the black is, well, back. Possibly in, possibly in black, although not entirely with the new camo that she's going to have available.
3: Sorry, I, I couldn't resist the pun. <laughs> so yeah. stark, stark, that uh, light hull and black superstructure with red.
2: wonder if that's based on anything particular or someone was just like, yeah, that looks cool. I think it's the
1: that looks cool. Look at the figurehead. Yeah. Some um, someone has yeah. gone, that looks cool. Um and to be fair, it's well,
3: it is sui generis, so uh it's the name is accurate. True. Uh but uh, yeah, aside from that, well, Portal Campaign Black will be made available in the armory in exchange for
1: coal. What we don't know is How many tokens you're going to be able to earn and how much of a discount that will eventually represent on the 24,000 doubloons that Black's base price will cost during the event. Uh, twenty-four thousand tokens. I should hasten to correct yes. you, rather than <laughs> Well, which twenty-four thousand tokens, which can be purchased with doubloons at a rate of one to one. Oh, I see. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So we know that you can purchase get up to two and a half thousand token.
2: Oh, right. Okay. Black itself will be available to purchase for nineteen thousand three hundred
1: to Okay, so to oh, okay. This is this is actually more expensive than I thought it was at first glance, because it's a sequential bundle, so, isn't it? So to unlock all the bundles, you need twenty four thousand tokens. You can earn two and a half thousand during the course of the Portal campaign. So,
3: so you, you need to buy need all other
1: twenty one and a half thousand doubloons to finish the. Bundles, and then another nineteen thousand three hundred on
3: the black. Hands up, who's just going to wait for the
0: coal? So basically, right, you you get only two thousand five hundred tokens for free. You need the twenty four thousand. You need to buy the other tokens. You don't even have a chance of earning them,
1: unless we're missing something really important about these about some other way of earning tokens. By my reckoning, that is nineteen thousand three hundred plus
3: twenty-one
0: thousand five hundred forty. Somebody yep. check my maths here. Forty thousand and eight hundred doubloons. So you pay more doubloons for the camel than you actually pay for the black, and the 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 the, the allow the, the ability to buy it right. First, you need to go through the campaign. And then the campaign only gives you a camel, and then you earn the right to pay even more money to actually get the black. Or you could just wait and spend coal, because I don't think any or of this you, is required you, you for the coal, wait, right?
1: Yeah, or you just wait and spend the coal, yes. I think most people will wait and spend the coal here. I, I, either we have missed something very, very important in our maths, or people are just going to spend the coal if they want the black. So, um oh, and of course, you can use the Ship's Armoury coupon,
3: which will yeah. be refreshed in June, as they helpfully point out. So I, I, I have this feeling
1: we are missing something very important about this event, because this makes no sense. Um, yeah, there must be some, like, 2,500s. 2500 earnable
2: ones is an astonishingly low amount compared to the total required.
1: Yeah. Uh, Did did they typo? Did they mean to say 25,000? Well, that wouldn't make any sense either necessarily, so... Well, they would (laughs) get rid of the bundles and then set you up to drop the the 19,003 on the black. So... We're missing something important here. The, this just makes no sense as it stands. So either either Wargaming are gaming off their rockers, or we are we are getting something very badly wrong.
0: I mean the thing is not everybody has the Well it's we're saying So so basically the balloon option is for people impatient, people who don't understand that it's coming for coal afterward, or for people who don't have the coal and, well I'm patient, I guess, right? So the only reason to spend money is if you really want a camo, if you're really that impatient.
1: But it's a lot well, of money. Well, it's not even that. Actually, no, is the Sweet Genos going to be available separately? You will have them to get the themed and the permanent camo. So that's going to be in... So presumably that's the Sweet Genos camo, which will be in the bundle
3: sequence. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't see
1: how anyone could look at that, do the analysis, and think they're going to make any money.
0: Oh, trust me, Wargaming is going to sell them like hotcakes, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, but normally you can see why Wargaming is going to sell them like hotcakes. I mean, the three of us are looking at this, and we're scratching our heads. Yeah, but, you know, I would never spend 80,000 doubloons on, on a ship that's going to be free in two months because of early access, and yet people are doing it. I I I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, think <laughs> I about like this. This black thinking. with a special camo is only half as expensive as a, as a tier 10
3: tectrician in all Yes. Um, on the bright side, one thing that has
1: come in is that they're reverting a change they made in the armory a couple of patches back. So... Leningrad, Exeter, and Ishizuchi are going in favor
3: of the random premium containers. So, oh, that's hooray, nice. hooray for audience pressure, I suppose. And
1: then we've got a variety of miscellaneous assets. Because, Of course, the 80th anniversary of Midway
3: is coming up this summer. Oh, yeah. Plus well, some... Uh... Uh, stuff for Swedish history fans as well. Yes,
1: um, I'm assuming that the Vasa patch will not sink your ship the moment you it <laughs> Yeah,
3: it's 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 fine.
2: It's fine. Just don't stick it on anything that has
3: cannon ports. Technically, that would be everything below about tier six.
1: When when do case mate second it? And <laughs> Naruto's got casemates second dose, and that's a 7 um, Constellations and uh, yeah I think Constellations still got no, no they went back to 5-inch turrets with that yeah let's not go that way <laughs> and of course ver- various historical commander portraits as
3: well yes although probably
0: no unique voices or anything
3: Mm, p- probably,
1: I suspect at least some people would start yelling blasphemy if you dared to voice
3: uh, the likes of Arleigh Burke.
0: Well, I mean, you have a voice anyway. You could give, sure. even if you can't like make the the proper voice. You could have special
3: things. Mm, true enough. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I just don't understand
1: what they're shooting for with this black event. Money for house movie. I mean, money, yes, obviously, yeah. but I, 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 I don't see how the business unit has looked at that and decided that's the optimum way to make a load of cash.
3: Maybe, maybe they just figure it's one last gasp at the bar before they have to honour their promise to put it out for coal. Yeah, I, I think they'd offer more than just a camo for that, but I don't know. Well, they do mention that there's a
1: pile of uh, commanders patch, flag, and at least there was something about some signals and expendable camos as well. If you plough through plough through the weeds, but again, we're missing a lot of the hard data on this, and I I think. I think we are missing something really important here because I don't see how you're going to persuade people to part with close to, well, a bit over 40,000 doubloons to
0: get all of that. Honestly, from what I've seen, how Wargaming monetizes the game, they have the whales that we'll just spend there.
3: Well, because, yes. but
1: uh, there's a question of, if you rely on the whales, you don't have much resilience because eventually the whales buy everything. You're far better off trying to tempt in a lot of minnows and still have a few whales on the side.
0: But look, they, they've they now twice in a row used the... or this is already the third time in a row where the early access is 80,000 balloons for up to the ship. The and yeah, it, they wouldn't a, bring that back if it whales, wouldn't work. A few
1: whales, yes.
0: Um, I mean, it's ludicrous, I, but it seems to work or they would have stopped doing it.
1: Yeah, I don't have an issue with them making money from Wales. I'm just not sure it's optimal for making the best sustainable profit. But clearly, the, their business unit's numbers are coming out with a different conclusion. So <laughs> they know their business better than I do. And
3: well, consider that more an admission of ignorance on my part than anything else. Uh, I no, mean, you okay. could go for albacore tunas if you want, but I'm not sure how that market analogy would work, Sully. What's an albacore tuna? Is that like uh, a special breed of tuna? It's a ver- it's a variety, I think. Give me a second. <laughs> well then don't ask Google. Uh well, well while he's doing that. You can also
2: um go over quickly that they are uh, replacing the specific Leningrad extra and Ishizushi uh, premiums available uh, in the Community tab for Community Tokens for uh, premium ship containers instead. So instead of just those specific ships, you'll have a chance of getting whatever ships are in the, the ship list of those containers.
1: Apparently, by, to... apparently by popular demand.
0: Yeah, I think so. But has has the sh- like how accurate is the ship list? That would be interesting. Like, has that been updated recently, or is it still an old list? Ah, uh, I'm not aware of any changes, but
1: it would be. Well, I presume you'd have an opportunity to update the list, and as so long as people know what is on the list and what the odds are, I mean, take
0: you pay your tokens, you take your choice. Yeah, I mean, I mean these, these days they should list the odds because they have committed to that, sort of.
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. I... It's interesting to see they're explicitly pulling in the buy
0: popular demand thing.
1: If I'm reading that right.
0: Yeah, the request so, of players. I mean, if yes. they once in a while listen to players, they want to point it out very heavily. Look, look, we listened. I mean if
1: it it's encouraging good behavior for wargaming, so hey, I'm not gonna complain
0: when they do that. No no, it's nice to see that sometimes they listen. Yeah. And not, they own we only need them to listen about
3: subs and get them removed. Well who knows. I I I, I, I think <laughs> that would be a lot of listening. <laughs>
0: But yes, um... I think that about concludes the topic. So has there been something else?
1: I don't think so, so, but let me pop the various info
0: fields. They've actually made a news article about how their menu, how their settings work, but it's more about, I think, graphic settings... Audio, whatever else have they? Sounds, I think voice, it's and... one of the
2: main things they've done, uh, why they've done that article is that, that the AMD, um, yeah, the FSR, uh, the, FSR the super scaling tech, they yeah. whatever the uh, I can't remember what it's called with NVIDIA now, but the
1: uh, it, basically they're uh, sharpening tech, yeah, pretty much. Um, but at least they're going to the trouble of explaining it, so they're saying. What is the difference
0: between MSAA and Temporal AA? I mean, as that's well nice. As... They they could have yeah. also included in a section about all the game relevant features and that people should turn off uh, on like the alternate interface and stuff like that. Okay, t-
3: indeed.
1: Also, do bear in mind that there are hidden token buttons in the settings article. So even if you uh, have yes. got your client tweaked, it is worth going in there and getting your st-
2: goodies i've actually got in the habit now of every couple of days i'll go and look at the new uh, new articles and click the hidden buttons (laughs) or not so hidden
3: that's what they want well basically (laughs) um but aside from that i don't think anything has come out while we've been talking let me just yank into the reddit for a moment
0: Yeah, the, the, I mean, uh, we've talked about the bobbing of submarines a little bit before. Flammer has made a new video showing that it's possible like something that Wargaming, I think they already had it removed, or said they removed it, so that you play with your depth in a submarine and get the best of all worlds. That's working right we, now. Uh, um, and we I all know I, that submarines are more tanky than the tankiest destroyer and have uh, uh, things like that. But we already knew how... Uh, fucked up submarines but anyway
3: he possibly also someone
1: has spotted another anime-esque World of Warships added in the Asia region although that could mean anything or nothing and sightings of the uh, support CVs leaking so Taiho is now up to tier 10 that's not a huge surprise uh, with an SCV, which I assume is support CV marker Probably. after it in over on the subreddit. So that got leaked out. I mean, no real surprise for anyone. But other than that, I don't think there's a great
3: deal of interest in the subreddit. No, nothing that really jumps out at me. Yeah. So oh, hmm? not things up there. Uh yeah, I guess we can. Uh, okay.
1: So yeah, uh, I think we have pretty much covered what has been a rather unusual week. It's not often real life intrudes on shooty boats to quite such a degree, but we'll we'll see where it goes. It might even end up working out for Wargaming if they get fresh blood onto the program, so might well, even we can, work we can, out for even us. even
2: speculate about what it might mean for the CC
1: program kind of thing, so, yeah. Oh, yes, because, of course, that was completely centralized in St. Petersburg, wasn't it? Yes. Mind you...
0: But, like, a lot of the community I, I people see, I are the
1: anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, Conway, Santos and the rest are in uh, Prague. The American side are uh, in Austin, I remember the CC program used to be regionalized. It was only three years ago, give or take when was a bit more now when they brought it all under one unified program under St. Petersburg. So we'll, uh, we'll see where that goes. I suppose I imagine it'll be a, a lot of
3: things will basically go into maintenance mode and don't rock the boat until the new studio is spun up. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll have more news about that in, in the future. Just just like everything else, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Indeed. Yeah, and I
0: guess with that, we'll call it a night. Thanks everyone for coming around. Thanks for joining us again, Yusral. Where can we find you?
1: Thank, thank you for having me. Um, most of the time, I can be found smeared into a thin paste in the lands between. And if you want to watch the process of that happening, twitch.tv forward slash Yusral, typically 6 p.m. BST, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and occasional other games,
3: 1400 BST on a Saturday. Yeah, and with that, have a good
0: night, everyone, and see you next time.
1: Good night, bye. bye. I'm sure. Point. I'm sure Jedi's it. Yes,
3: even though <laughs> you can't see me, also have it. He might even be wearing pants, but we don't know. <laughs>